Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18 to 25. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Better to be lowly in spirit and among the oppressed than to share plunder with the proud. Whoever gives heed to instruction prospers, and blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. The wise in heart are called discerning, and pleasant words promote instruction. Understanding is a fountain of life to those who have it, but folly brings punishment to fools. A wise man's heart guides his mouth, and his lips promote instruction. Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. The second reading is Romans 5, verse 6 to 8. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And uh, it's worth uh, turning back in your Bibles to Proverbs uh, 16 that was read for us uh, just before. We're going to be zooming in on just one verse Uh, in that chapter. It's page 651 of the Church Bibles and we're going to be looking at Proverbs 16, uh, verse 18. As uh, as Tim said, we're we're coming to the end of this uh, summer series in Proverbs. We've been looking at it here in this building and across the way, uh, the the children have been looking at it as well. Uh, Looking at how choosing one of these ways, the wise way, listening to God and uh, what He says, uh, or the foolish way, listening to ourselves or listening to the world, shows itself in, in the way we live. We've seen that uh, with uh, our words, our laziness, our anger. All of these things uh, are examples of uh, choosing the foolish path. And today we're going to look at the final one, and really it's the big one. Uh, we're going to look at the final one, uh, which is the problem of pride. And uh, I reckon, uh, really, if you were to ask God, uh, these other problems that we've been looking at over the summer, our anger or laziness or the way we use our words, uh, what's behind those things? How do I fix them? He'd say, well, your big problem, our big problem, is the problem of pride. And so just for a few minutes this morning, we're going to think together about pride, thinking much of yourself, thinking you are number one, thinking the world is all about you. Uh, That's our big problem. We're going to look at three things about pride. We're going to look at what pride does, uh, why it's such a problem, and then how to get rid of it. Uh, Let's look at what pride does first. I'm going to tell you three things that the the Bible tells us about pride, what it does. Here's the first of them, and probably the most important. Pride is putting yourself in God's place. A God who is king, who's in charge of this world, who gives us everything, life and breath and everything else. We say, rather than you be in charge, from now on, uh, I'm going to be in charge. Uh, look, look at the verse that we're zooming in on uh, this morning. Uh, Proverbs 16, verse 18, it says this. Pride goes before destruction and a proud heart before a fall. Uh, the word pride here, it literally means a king, supreme, number one. 
It's a word that makes complete sense when you're talking about God. He's the pride of the nations, as we've just sung. That's a word that makes sense when we're talking about God. But when you talk about us uh, and having pride, it makes no sense. It's like uh, tomorrow, it's uh, bank holiday and uh, we decide we're going to take a trip to London and we're going to go to Buckingham Palace and we're going to go through the sort of the roped off area that they put there and we're going to charge straight up to the throne where the Queen sits, the rightful ruler, and we're going to say, from now on, that's my seat. Uh, I'm going to sit here. I hope no one minds. Uh, That's what pride looks like. We put ourselves in charge. Uh, We're saying to God, I'm in charge from now on, not you. And that's completely opposite to what God has been telling us. His knowledge and wisdom that he gives us in his word says the opposite. Listen uh, to these words again from Proverbs. Uh, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lead not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. That's what God says. That's the wise way to listen to that word. But here instead, this is what pride does. It says this, trust in myself. Uh, with all my heart, lean on my own understanding in all my ways, uh, look out for myself and I'll be the one in charge of making my path straight. That's what pride says and that's the way uh, we so often think. And so there's the first thing pride does, it takes God's place. It says from now on I'm the boss, Uh, I'm the captain of this ship of my life, I'm in charge, I'm the king. Pride takes God's place and when it does that, here's the second thing pride does, it says I am the centre of the universe And the way the whole world works, I'm right at the centre. I'm number one. Our pride says life is, well, it's all about me. you imagine that? Imagine if we all came to church and we thought life was all about us, that the most logical person to worship when we came to church was, well, me. And so we started to sing songs that are all about me. Uh, This is is what it would sound like. Have a look at this clip. Today, because no one can praise you like you. Be brilliant, wouldn't it? Uh, maybe you want a copy of that CD. We should uh, order some uh, for the bookstall. Uh, that's, that's what pride does. It says, uh, this is all about me. And uh, let's be honest, as silly as that is, we don't mind a bit of me worship. Uh, think about how much of each day we spend thinking about ourselves, not about God, not about others, but all about me. How am I doing today? Uh, how am I being treated? How are others speaking about me? Uh, how am I going at school today? How's my stuff? How's my savings? How's my house? How's my holiday? Pride equals living where you think life is all about you. Uh, here's the third thing uh, pride does. Pride not only uh, takes God's place, puts herself at the centre. When it comes to others, it puts others down. Uh, we put others uh, below ourselves have a look at another verse from Proverbs verse 11, verse, uh, chapter 11, verse 12. The fool, the one who's not heeding God's wisdom but listening to themselves and listening to the world, well, they put down their neighbour. Now, pride wants to be better than others. We find ways to compare ourselves to those around us, so whether it be at school or at work or even at church where we think, I'm better than you. Uh, Jesus uh, tells stories uh, a lot about that attitude in our hearts. He, he tells one about two people who go to the temple to pray. You've got the, the tax collector who's really the lowest of the low. Everybody hates this guy. And then uh, walking up at the same time as him is the Pharisee, the do-gooder, Mr. Perfect. And when they get to the temple, uh, the Pharisee turns and uh, prays and he looks at the tax collector and he says, I thank you, God, that I'm better than that guy. Uh, we love to think that way. We love to compare ourselves Uh, taking pride in being better at something than others or having more of something 
than others, being smarter, uh, getting better GCSE results or whatever it might be, being better looking, having a a better cricket team, perhaps. (laughs) Reading our our Bible more than others or even having better behaved children at a family service than the family next to you. Uh, We love to compare ourselves. And so there it is, that's what pride does. It takes God's place, it puts ourselves right at the centre and it pushes other people down. And here's why that's such a problem. Well, I mean, when you think about it, what's wrong with living that way? The whole world lives that way. Look out for number one. Why isn't it all about you? Why not make much of yourself? Our whole world does that. I mean, even my children at school, at the end of each year, they, they have to learn songs for the sort of end of year service, end of year assembly. And here are two that have picked up in, in recent years. One is titled, I'm a VIP. I'm a very important person. And that's the sort of logic that we're getting again and again from the world. And as we go on, we stop singing, I'm a VIP. And we move on to, I'm the MVP. I'm the most valuable person. Another one they learnt in the last couple of years, I am the world's greatest. I'm a mountain. I'm unconquerable. Uh, We love uh, to think that way. So what's wrong with doing that? If the whole world is living that way, we may as well too. Well, here's what's wrong. Have a look at our verse that we're looking at this morning, pride goes before destruction and a proud heart before a fall. If you live that way, you will lose. Uh, You will fall. You ever had that feeling where you've been really boastful about something and uh, then it all comes crashing down? I've felt that uh, quite a bit in the the seven years that we've been here when it comes to cricket. Uh, I grew up in an era where Australia were unbeatable. They were cricket gods, if you like. And so I've come to the conclusion that in any competition, we're going to win. That's just the way it works. And I like to announce that to anybody who cares to listen. And so in 2005, I made bold claims about what was going to happen. And here was the result. In 2009, I made even bolder claims thinking 2005 was just a blip. There's the result. England again celebrating. So I continued 2011. And uh, this year, 2013, here we are again. I have learnt the lesson that pride comes before a fall. I'm hoping you'll learn it too. (laughs) But much more serious than cricket. The Bible says if you live all of your life where it is all about you, if you're proud, you will fall. And it won't be an accident. Uh, The God who made you, who gives you life and breath and everything else, he will bring you down. Now listen to this verse again from Proverbs verse 25 of chapter 15. The Lord will tear down the proud person's house. Everything that we build to make much of ourselves, he will eventually bring it all down. James 4 says the same. God is opposed to the proud. A living life filled with pride is like trying to drive up the motorway the wrong way. You will lose because God is opposed to that way of living. And the reason he's opposed to that way of living is because he works the opposite way. God is not like that. He doesn't make much uh, look out for number one all the time. In fact, he says uh, the first will be last and the last first. He turns everything upside down. Uh, Read any book of the Bible and this is what you see. God is for the losers. He's for the poor. He's for the broken. He's for those who are nothing in this world. God is opposed to the proud because he works in the opposite direction. I mean, you think about it, so many of uh, uh, the Bible books that we read in the era that they were uh, written, the the oldest son of a family got everything. Everything went to them. What God says is, I'm going to turn that around. 
And so he chooses Abel over Cain. He chooses Isaac over Ishmael, Jacob over Esau and little David over his big stronger brothers. And in a world like ours where the good looking and the cool, they get everything. Well, God works the opposite way. He chooses Hagar. He chooses plain old Leah. He chooses dodgy Rahab. He chooses the forgotten widow Tamar, the barren Hannah. This is how God works. This is why he's opposed to the proud. And so here's the problem with pride. If you try to make yourself number one, you will lose because there is no place in God's future kingdom for those who make much of themselves. He will bring you down, both now and forever. Pride leads to destruction because God is opposed to the proud. And so just as we finish, how are we going to get rid of this problem? And this is the way we work when we are so filled with pride as we are. We think, okay, pride's my problem. I'm going to get rid of pride. I'm going to be the most humble person there is, which of course then we become proud of how humble we are. There is only one way to get rid of pride. It's what we've seen all the way through this series. It is listening to God's wisdom. We can't do it ourselves. And we need to hear the gospel, the very wisdom of God. And Proverbs 16, I don't don't know whether you heard it as it was read out. Verse 6, we have the gospel declared to us. Have a look at Proverbs 16, verse 6. So simple. Through love and faithfulness, sin is atoned for. Through love and faithfulness, sin is atoned for, is forgiven. What God does in response to our pride, thinking life is all about us, is he saves us from ourselves our foolish plan to make ourselves number one, a plan that will lead to our destruction. Well, through love and faithfulness, that sin is forgiven. And we know how, we know how that has been demonstrated. Jesus, the only one whose love never failed. Uh, Even when we failed him, even when we loved ourselves rather than him, his love didn't fail. It walked all the way to the cross for us. He's the only one whose friendship is faithful enough to forgive us even when we put him down and lift ourselves up. And we know that for sure, because as was read for us from Romans uh, chapter 5, God has shown that he loves us enough to get rid of our problem of pride, shown us by uh, dying on the cross for us. Uh, Romans 5 verse 6, you see, just at the right time, while we were still sinners, while we're still full of pride, while we're all against him, he dies for us. Now that's how our God is. Only the gospel can rescue us from the sin of pride, because it tells us the truth at last. Uh, that we are more full of pride than we ever believed and that deserves God's judgment. But it also tells us that we are more loved than we could ever imagine. God has come to take that judgment. And so when we see Jesus on the cross, uh, we see in the end how much we need him. And what have I got to be proud about when I think about the cross, when that is what I'm listening to? I need him. I've messed everything up. I've ruined everything. I've ruined my relationship with the God who made me and gave me everything. I've ruined my relationship with others because I think life is all about me. And that's where wisdom begins when we see that. We see Jesus for who he is. He's the king. He's the boss that I've rejected. And I see his love that even though I've done that, he humbled himself to death on a cross. And so let me say as a church family, from the oldest to the youngest, we all have this problem of pride, but the more we listen to and follow the wisdom of the gospel, the more we will learn to choose not the path of pride, but the path Jesus walked before us, the path of being humble. And so let's pray that we would be a church who listened to the wisdom of God, the, the gospel of Jesus, so that he can lead us to walk humbly before him, 
and before each other. Let's, let's pray now. Father God, we do give you thanks that although we really do think this world is all about us and so much of the way we think and act and speak uh, shows that, uh, we thank you that you know our problem and that you have, in your son Jesus, uh, come to deal with it. And so, Father, help us to fix our eyes on the cross that puts an end to all our pride and to walk humbly before you and before one another. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.